Thanks for listening to the 365 Amazing Women podcast. Remember you can subscribe on iTunes or any other good podcast site. Visit 365amazingwomen.com Hello and welcome to episode 1 of the 365 Amazing Women podcast. Coming to you directly from Hull, the UK City of Culture 2017. I'm Adam Ditchburn. Over the coming weeks and months, our episodes will feature a wide range of guests and a flexible, ever-changing format. We will discuss and share the inspiration we take from the amazing women in our lives. My guest on this episode is Lani Kwan. Lani is a coach specialising in supporting people through life transitions. She is founder and CEO of Creating Your Calling and author of the Creating Co-Powerment Workbook. I've had the good fortune to know Lani both in her role as a coach, she helped me navigate a difficult work situation a couple of years ago, but also as a true friend. I'm honoured she agreed to take part in this project. We recorded our conversation last Friday and discussed the two women Lani selected to be added to this growing audio archive, her former client Sue and Senator Elizabeth Warren. Hi, Lani. I'm here at um, just gone 9.30 p.m. Um, UK time, and you're over there in, in probably a, a bright morning in, in Hawaii. It is. Um, yes. And it's fantastic to connect with you. We've just talked before we started um, recording properly that um, we're amazed by the technology that we're able to connect so well and so clearly over such a distance. It's amazing. It really is. Um, it feels like you're here in the room with me. Yeah, um, I wish I was. <laughs> um, it'd be much warmer, but um, but you know it's not so bad here. Um, if you could just maybe give a little introduction to yourself, who, who you are, what what you do, sure. and any way that people can connect to you. Happy to aloha e. I'm Lani Kwan, and I am the founder and CEO of Creating Your Calling. I've been coaching people through life transition and transformation for almost. 12 years. It goes by very quickly. Um, they can reach me at www.copowermentcopowermentcom, and uh, that really is the best way to get a sense of what I do. I work one-on-one as well as in groups and uh, do larger speaking engagements as well worldwide. If you could maybe just give us a, a brief overview of, of the two women that you've chosen to talk about, and then we can head straight into a, a conversation about whichever one you want to go with first. Sure. So, so the two women that really inspire me, Senator Elizabeth Warren is the public figure that most people know, and um, a private person who a few people will know, but not many, is a client of mine named Sue, and she's given me permission to share her story and to share her experience. She was inspiring to me because she was willing to, she was willing and ready to do the things that were needed in her life to change her life for the better. And and you worked with her for, for how long, Lani? 
I worked with her for about six months. You know, typically when I work with clients, it's anywhere from six months to a year, usually short term. There's one exception where I had a client who had worked with her for about nine months and then she took a break and then came back when she had um, some more momentum and was really ready to change things. Well, I was really honored when Sue asked me to work with her. She had read my book, so she already knew what I do, and she had some of the tools at her disposal that are in the book, the Creating Copowerment Workbook. Um, she realized, though, pretty quickly as she was going through the workbook that she didn't have um, the follow-up that she required to make progress. And for her, it was a pretty intense situation. Her son had been murdered um, about four years prior to our time working together. And she had gone through the normal process of grief and had, you know, been able to make sense of what had happened. But she was in a deep place of fear, which is understandable given that situation. It really mm -hmm. completely... Um, alters your ability to function and to believe that you're safe. So a large part of our work together was to really help her to understand, yes, we don't have control. Anything can happen at any time. And then that gives us permission and even more uh, willingness to really do the things that are important to us because we could die tomorrow. We could be murdered tomorrow. Anything is possible, but we don't want to live our lives in fear and not venture out. We want to be able to acknowledge things as they are, but still live our lives fully. And so she was willing to go there. She was willing to feel those um, really deep feelings of grief um, she was willing to do the exercises that I assigned to her that helped her to step beyond that grief and a willingness to live again. You know, she had sort of shut mm. down when he was murdered and and understandably so. And she was able to reignite her own flame and be able to make choices in her life that gave her life a how do you approach something like that? Because you know that that's an example of of a really tragic event in someone's life, um, mm -hmm. and for for them to to come to you with that, how as a coach do you yeah. do you approach that? Well, I mean, the main thing, of course, is confidentiality. I didn't share her story without her permission. Um, everything that clients tell me during a session is held in confidence unless they give me permission to share. She felt that her story would help other people now that she's gotten beyond mm. the grief. And so she gave me permission to share that. The other piece that is helpful is really to listen. And it's not so much listening to what a person's telling you as much as it is listening for the things that they don't tell you. And so when I was working with Sue, one of the things I noticed is that it, the death of her son, she had accepted that he had been murdered. She had accepted why he had been murdered. He had been involved with some very um, scary people uh, who were involved with drugs, and she had not been able to help him to 
to kick that. And there was grief around that, but she knew that it wasn't her fault, mm. which was very good. Um, the thing that was really helpful was for her to start to realize that it really wasn't his death that was holding her back. It was her own fear that she could be murdered next or that anyone she loved, anyone else could be murdered. And it really held her back from living and taking action. She was afraid to get attached to people. She really greatly desired to meet someone and have a soulmate in her life, but she was terrified that they would be taken away. And of course, as a coach, I'm not going to give false hope and say, oh, that'll never happen because yeah. it could happen. But rather, it's about helping the person to cultivate their own strengths and their own willingness to still take a risk and to be willing to love even and maybe love more because it is so precious and tenuous and anything can happen. It might be a strange question, Lani, um, but when, when you initially make contact with a new client who who is coming with some, some really um, heavy, heavy things, um, do you get a sense at the start of of how how much um they're going to be able to to move on um or does it really depend on on their commitment to the um the process it really depends on the their commitment i do have some sense of people being ready or not ready just yet mm. i always hold people in compassion though i there's no judgment about that there's just a a recognition are they ready Mm -hmm. yeah. And she was ready. You know, she we made appointments. She kept everyone. She would go above and beyond in terms of, um, quote unquote, assignments I gave her. You yeah. know, I told her I joked with her that they weren't graded. And of course, you know, it's totally up to her to choose which ones resonated for her. And she would choose to do them all. And she would choose to do the ones that were most uncomfortable. For her, mm. which I was impressed by. That's not an easy thing to do to face head on some of the emotions that have been held down. And she was open to all of it. That's why she inspires me even now. Um, mm. She's a really neat lady. She's an aerial, an aerialist. She's in her 70s. She took up a practice of, um, you know, climbing the silks and falling from the ceiling. She's a she's quite a daredevil, but she's a very modest person. And that's what's exciting to me is, you know, somebody who um embraces her her inner strengths, but also she completely was willing to acknowledge that she was stuck. And she was completely willing to acknowledge why she was stuck. And it was fear. So the main thing was to help her start to feel these fears and to acknowledge that they are real. You know, some people like to say that fear is not real. It's very real to the person who's feeling it. Yeah. But we don't have to stay stuck in it. We have to feel it so that we can move out of it and then make other choices that are healthier for us. She's 180 degrees completely better. She um, She's found her soulmate which is amazing. She met him on a dating site and um, they're having a wonderful romance. And there are moments, she said, where he's pushing her buttons, but it's a good kind of healthy interaction. Yeah, yeah. And um, she's still doing aerial yoga and she's still, um, she's enjoying life. She's planning a trip to Vietnam. Oh, <laughs> it's just wow. a, 
Yeah, it's just she's the reason she inspires me so much is, as I said, she's in her 70s and yeah. she lives life now um, fully. She doesn't consider her, she acknowledges her age and she's proud of her age, but she doesn't let it be an excuse for holding her back from doing the things that are meaningful to her. Thanks for listening to the 365 Amazing Women podcast. That's more in a minute. Remember you can subscribe on iTunes or any other good podcast site. Visit 365amazingwomen.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Let's all be clear. President Trump's order has nothing to do with security. So, Elizabeth Warren. I wish she had run for president, truthfully. A friend of mine said that she really was needed in the Senate during this election. But had she run for president, we might be in a different situation now than we currently are. Um, I'm hoping that she will consider running for president in 2020. Um, And in the meanwhile, it's, it's really great to have a strong outspoken, progressive uh, political figure who happens to be a woman really taking on special interests and corporatist elite, Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of people who could care less about the rest of us. It's really great to see her go to bat for us and be such an inspiration. Even when she was silenced um, in her, uh, in her speech recently, she became uh, an inspiration. She's definitely with the stakeholders and not the shareholders. Yeah. She's about the workers and not just the owners of of enterprise. She really, um, people might call her a socialist, but that would be incorrect, an incorrect assessment. I, I think of her as an ally to Bernie Sanders, and I wish that both of them, I hope that both of them will run in 2020, that um, that we're able to turn around what's going on. And, you know, clearly I'm a progressive liberal. That's where my politics lie. But even beyond politics, I'm about fairness and equity, and she is as well. She also strikes me as a person who believes in fairness and would want supports for people who are poor. Yeah. You know, we often talk about the middle class and they are important. I'm part of that class. Um, but I'm really concerned about people who are being completely left behind. And so that was one thing for me in this past election was looking at candidates who cared about everybody and not mm. just the top 1% and not just the upper middle class or even the middle class, but who cared about people who are coming in at the lower income, who are being left behind unfairly just because they can't afford to send their child to a private school or maybe they can't even afford their rent. Um, One of the things that really stands out to me about Elizabeth Warren is she goes to bat for everyone. And, you know, it's not just her going to bat for women also. It's about her really believing in equality, and that includes for men. And I really, um, 
I find her quite appealing as a as a senator, but as I said, I would love to see her run for president. She's become a real um uh, an example of the kind of politics you could have. You know, I think it's really about uh a person who thinks about others first and then themselves versus a person who thinks about themselves yeah. first and then others if at all. Um, you know, I know that that's going to be controversial with people and so be it. Yeah. Um, I know where I stand and I know um, seeing things unfold now, it's really quite devastating uh, to myself and others. And so I'm working on a chapter right now uh, titled Maintaining Hope in an Era of Terror and how do we keep the momentum going? And Elizabeth Warren has been inspiring in keeping the hope alive that we can turn things around and actually be able to take positive action, whether it be signing petitions or marching or giving speeches as she does, but also taking concrete actions in terms of donating money and time to causes we believe in. So it's been an interesting, to say the least, time with our current president, who's only been in power for 11 weeks and has tried to completely destroy everything that I and many other people hold dear. Um, I'm and I'm definitely still hopeful, though, because there are people like Senator Elizabeth Warren who are not going to allow him to do it so easily. Um, it's really, I've not lost hope also because I've seen, I have friends who are activists, um, who are actively resisting peacefully. When the election first happened, I was afraid it was the end of the world. But now I know it's not. I know no. everything is going to be okay, ultimately. Yeah. Hello, my, my name is Elsie. I'm four. I think an amazing woman is Pink the Singer. Hello, my name is Flora and I'm seven. I think an amazing woman is Asuka the wrestler from WWE NXT. Thanks for listening. I'd like to say a massive thank you to my guest, Lani Kwan, and also to Sue, who kindly gave permission for us to share some of her story. I'd also like to give a special thanks to my daughters, Flora and Elf, for their contributions. I'll be back with another episode soon. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or other podcast sites. Visit 365amazingwomen.com and find us on Facebook and Twitter.